Auburn and Ole Miss kind of up in that rivalry in, in multiple sports right now, which oh, is yeah. which is good for the SEC. Yeah, we got the Kiffin thing going on in football. You know, Hugh Freeze and uh, and everything, which makes that an exciting rivalry. Yeah, uh, I think within itself, uh, when you just look at the SEC as a whole, and we're going to transition here to a little bit of football because our next guest is a is a player on the football team, and you talk about just hearing the SEC days uh, not too long ago. With all the coaches being down in Destin, that you know they agreed to do eight games next year, right? Uh, but a lot of people are wondering why not nine games, and I think it's going to trend towards nine games. I, I really do. Once Texas and Oklahoma is officially in, because you have to go to nine if you want to keep the rivalry games, if you want to keep the Auburn LSU, the Auburn Bama, the Auburn Georgia, which is three of the tough games of mm -hmm. any SEC schools, and then all of a sudden you do you play your rest of your SEC. Uh, schedule and then you had a two the two opponents that you would play that you know that's kind of like the not your heavy hitters so right. it'd be interesting to see what it looks like once it gets to nine games uh what's your thoughts on the eight games versus the nine games yeah i'm disappointed but you know it's a temporary thing keeping it at eight games and you know it's not even the you know the one protected rivalry rotating seven it's not even that which mm -hmm. for forever it was an either or thing and then they ultimately decided in the short term to do neither of those things. But I think I think it's all about TV contracts, Jason. I don't think the SEC wants to give an extra game uh, to ESPN for no extra cost, right? Yeah. So I, I think they bring in Texas and Oklahoma, and then I, I think you look at the SEC's next TV deal, and, and I bet it has nine games on it. Yeah, because we're going to ESPN ABC after this year, you know. Right. Uh, so, you know, this will be our last, I think, season with CBS. Um, so, you know, one thing you will miss, though, is some of those 330 slots, you know, 230 Central. I know, it's going to be weird. <laughs> so, yeah, it's kind of like a, it's kind of a good time for a football game. It's not too early. It's not too late. You know, you can get to the game, get home in a decent hour. Oh, give me the um, night game every time, man. You know, but give me ABC, that night game. ESPN, it's going to be a lot more night games. There's mm -hmm. going to be a lot more hotels staying over. <laughs> so people have to prepare to stay now. You spend a little extra money because you got to spend uh, money for a hotel room on Saturday yep. nights. Tourism departments yeah. probably love this for sure. As a player, <laughs> which one would you rather play in? Would you rather do the mid-afternoon, the, the quote-unquote primetime game that we've come to know, or would you rather play at night under the lights? No, I like playing at night under the lights in the jungle. You know, we've had some really great games in Auburn in the jungle at nighttime. What's the best um, night game you played in? Oh, man, I'd probably say Tennessee game. We played them in 03 here at home. Uh, yeah. That was electric atmosphere. Um, you know, of course, we played Bauman 03 at nighttime here at home. Um, we've gone on the road. Anytime you play in the LSU at nighttime, it wasn't so much fun then, but the <laughs> atmosphere is electric. Sure. Uh, I think playing Georgia starting at 3.30 in the first half, but when the second half hits, it's dark. You right. know, so – I, in 04, I remember the second half playing them at nighttime, and, and the second half was just was an awesome thing. Same thing with Bama. We always played them at 3.30, but the second half hits, mm -hmm. it was nighttime. So I like those games. I like those 3.30 games, 2.30 Central for me, but there are certain games I like being night games. And playing up in Knoxville in 2004 at nighttime, 100,000 people in the stands, and everyone seems to be against you, you know, was – it made you really lock up as teammates mm -hmm. and you're going there, you're trying to take something from them in their own home territory. Like that was an experience for me that I won't ever forget because you come out of that thing as a sea of orange and you're the only team 
with a different color on, and you got your small fan base, uh, fan base yeah, you got your family one spot in the corner, right? <laughs> right on the corner. Uh -huh. and it's you versus everybody mentality, and uh, and so yeah, I, I like I prefer night games. Yeah, but, yeah, and yeah. I mean it makes sense. The energy I can't imagine playing in front of all those people with that energy. It's got to be cool. Oh yeah, and our next guest, he'll be able to tell us a little bit about this. Oh yeah, uh, you know I, they should be having some good prime time games this year. You know, with Coach Freeze coming over, and then the transfer portal we've had, and then uh, you know the secondary. This guy's gonna be one of our leading guys on defense, uh, one of our taller corners in the SEC. I think he's primed to have a really big year. That's gonna help him in the NFL draft uh, as well. So. I think, uh, you know, that's one of our biggest recruits this year was, was getting one is getting this guy back. And uh, we're about to hear from him. And guests, let's welcome on our big time guest, uh, Nehemiah Pritchett. How you doing, Nehemiah? I'm doing good. How about yourself? Hey, doing pretty good, man. I got myself on here today as the host of the On to Victory podcast, but Zach Blackberry, who uh, works with Locked On to Auburn, he's on here as well. So we'll alternate, ask you questions, and then I have a rapid fire questions, uh, five of those to end the show uh, that Auburn family want to kind of know a little bit about you. Uh, first and foremost, man, thanks for coming on and uh, talk a little bit about the transition uh, so far, you know, to come back first and foremost for your senior season. And then, you know, what you've seen so far early on in the spring with the new coaching staff. Uh, first off, um, my decision to come back, um, I text, like, after the season, I didn't really know what I was going to do. Um, then I got to talking to Coach Freeze throughout the process. He let me know, like, um, that we're going to change the culture. And I talked with DJ a little bit, well, DJ James. Uh, we talked a little bit, um, and he let me know that he was coming back. So I kind of put my trust in Coach Freeze and, believe that he was going to make some changes to better our team and it looked like what he's doing mm -hmm. so far yeah nehemiah i was down in uh i was down in mobile for the senior bowl that week and they were shocked they were shocked that you uh that you you went back to auburn and obviously auburn folks are very very excited that you did but talk about you and dj's relationship because i mean you guys have a chance to be one of the better corner tandems in the conference when it when it's all said and done this year, I mean, is that kind of y'all's mindset going into the season? Oh yeah, um, we we compete every day, no matter like what we doing, like workouts or anything. We try to compete. Um, being listed as one of the top, well, combo coming back is just a testament to not only just us two, but just our DB room in general. Mm -hmm. Um, I think all our guys are working towards the goal and. We're all on the same page and ready to roll. Yeah, and I can't think of the last time that Auburn had two corners high-valued as you guys. You know, I played with Carlos Rogers, uh, who was the Jim Thorpe Award winner uh, back when I was here. But, you know, it wasn't a guy on the other side of him that was just like all SEC or all American type corner. Um, you know, we had some guys that could hold their own, but not at the same level as if it was him and then it was you or DJ on the other side. So, you know, you guys coming back at this, as a big tandem and everything. Uh, I think that this is really well and works better for both of you guys because you got to think the last two seasons have been kind of some rough years. And then now you get a chance to get a fresh start. And, you know, you get a chance to, to start it off as well. You get Crime Doll coming back to help with Zach as a DB coach. And so now you got a, a, a younger coach in Zach that's there, but you also got Coach Crime who's been in the SEC, been in Auburn before. How have you seen that combination work, and where do you see it's going to take your game to the next level? Um, 
You definitely learn a lot from both coaches. Um, they have two different coaching styles, but uh, we try to meet together as a group and kind of like get everybody on the same page. Like the corners and safeties don't meet in one room. We all meet yeah. in one position group. So we're all hearing the same thing, the same terminology. Um, and Coach Etheridge, um, he's he's smart, man. And I think he, he does a great job of getting us ready, like game planning and things like that because he he picks up on a lot of stuff that you wouldn't think you wouldn't think that he sees but he sees it all and it, it helps us to transfer it to the field nehemiah what are your early impressions after going through the spring with, with coach roberts's defense talking to several of your teammates it sounds like there's a lot more to learn there's a lot more versatility to the scheme and things that you're asked to do what has that process been like and how do you like the new defense uh, I love the new defense, actually. Um, I feel like it's player-friendly. Uh, me being here, I had I didn't had three different coordinators, so I kind of mm-hmm. I kind of picked different <laughs> things from uh, different DCs. Most of it be the same; it just be different. They call it different stuff, so yeah, it it's just it makes it easy to pick up on it that type of way. But I think it's it's a plug-and-play defense. Well, we have a really versatile secondary, so. Time, um, I think you can put Keontae at corner or plug me in at nickel. So I think we'll be all right. We'll be fine. Yeah, that's the best thing about this whole defense, especially I think the secondary is our, is our leading uh, group. Uh, when you talk about just the overall talent, uh, but you just mentioned it though, be able to be versatile. I think that helps helps this, this whole secondary. Like I say, Keontae is a corner and a nickel guy. You can play right. nickel and corner. You can right. you've done both of them in your career. Uh, you know, DJ is a guy. Sometimes they can move him around. Sometimes, but since him being a little bit of a smaller guy, he probably hangs out on the island a little bit more. But right. you talk about moving guys around and and everything as a corner. People don't notice about you, but you're a hitter too. And uh, you know, you're not mm-hmm. afraid of contact. You're not afraid to get in there and get with the big boys. You know, I think that's what separates you when it comes to you getting drafted next year, having a chance to be a high level draft pick because of, of that tenaciousness. But what do you think is the best part of your game? Do you like man? Do you like zone? Or what do you feel like you're most comfortable at? Uh, me personally, I like playing man. Uh, when I first got here in uh, 2019 in Coach Steele defense, I mean, that's all we played. We played yeah. straight press man, mm-hmm. really. It wasn't until like Coach um, Mason got here till we started playing zone. We started missing a lot of zone into our concepts. But before that, we were playing a lot of man. So I mean, we've talked about the depth in the in the defensive back room, Nehemiah. Kay and Lee is one of the more impressive freshman DBs that I've gotten to cover. What's impressed you about what he's been able to do in his short time here? Uh man, Kayan, he's he just all around a good player to me. Um he came in early, so he was he showed that he was like ready to learn, uh try to get ahead of the try to get ahead of the other guys. Um he's a really like he's a feisty corner. He fast, he willing to hit. Um I think he's gonna be really good for us. Yeah, because you got Kayan Lee, you got Tyler Scott, you got Coden Hood. And, you know, there's some other corners that they're young bucks. Like, how do you feel now you're an old guy? You know, they consider you the old guy on the team. Uh, so do they ask you guys a, lo- a whole bunch of questions? Or are they like, you know, are they kind of tentative to ask you? Or do you have to, like, walk up to them and say, hey, you know, you can do this or that? Like, 
What do you see so far from the young guys? Uh, I think at first when they first got here, um, they didn't want to. They didn't want to ask the the uh, teammates a lot of questions. They rather just go to the coaches. So we had to we had to kind of make a group chat to yeah. tell them try to get them comfortable with asking us questions to let them know that they can come to us about anything film wise, mm -hmm. and we'll kind of give them our shake on that. That's cool. So as a DB, I mean, obviously the pass rush in front of you is important. You don't want to be covering for seven or eight seconds on a passing down. And right. it seems like they brought in a bunch of pass rushers. Obviously, Keldrick Falk, the true freshman's impressive. And then I've heard nothing but good things about Jaden McLeod, who's transferred in from App State, Elijah McAllister. Is that exciting to see like, oh, okay, these pass rushers, they have the chance to make my job way easier this year. Oh yeah, the pass, that's what come first. Um being able to have guys that can rush the quarterback. Um that's pretty good. So we don't have to cover good receivers. So we play in the SEC, so we playing good receivers every week. So we need we definitely need a good pass rush. And I, I thank Coach Free for going out and getting some dogs for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he definitely got some dogs. We got some dogs on that D line as well. You know, you talk about interior, you know, you already have you know, some guys there, but when you look at Justin Rogers and you look at Mosaic Kite, uh, you know, some other guys that they've gone out to get, you know, these guys are guys that come in with experience. That's the thing I think that hits most to help you guys is they didn't go get a bunch of young guys when they mm -hmm. hit the transfer portal. They went and got a bunch of veterans. And uh, and so talk about when these guys got here, how y'all was able to build cohesiveness and able to like kind of piggyback questions off each other because you know, it's experience with experience. It wasn't like Keldridge probably one of the youngest guys in that front interior, but the rest of those guys are, are veteran experienced players. All right, and I think, uh, no, not to high school players, but going to get transfers is, um, I think they kind of used to, they kind of used to doing the college things, like getting mm -hmm. waking up early for workouts, um, going up to getting a playbook, and just everything that comes along with that. And, I feel like it's 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 a better transition for them. Sure. So you specifically, what are you working on this summer, Nehemiah? You know, it's kind of your last go round, your last chance to run it back at all Auburn. Right. What um what do you want to kind of bring with you into the season that maybe you didn't last year? Um, I'll say just trying to um bring our group, our whole defensive back group uh closer because i'm not as you can tell i'm not like a very vocal leader so i wasn't as vocal as trying to like get our players to like do the right things on and off the field um so this year i, I think that i'm gonna try to uh bring our group closer get a closer bond with everybody um learn each other more and just know what each other's playing for and i think that'll help us on and off the field who is the vocal leader back there? Because DJ is not the most vocal guy either. <laughs> right. That's why I said I have, I'm gonna have to step up and be the vocal. Yeah. Guy. We really sure. don't have anybody that like talk as much. Yeah. And that, and that shocks me as DBs, man. Because DBs <laughs> and receivers are the most talkative people on a football team. Like when, right. when you in practice, Zach. I don't know if you know this, but when you're in practice and you're doing one on ones, you know it's so much smack talking going on. You know, like and. Uh, and then the DB always fussing, talking about, oh, he wouldn't have had time to get that ball off. Or then the receiver is saying, man, you holding me. You holding me. And the ref is going to see that. You holding me. It's yeah. so much trash talking that goes on and everything. And that's what makes great competition. Right now in y'all practices, during the spring, 
And now y'all got some new receivers y'all got to go against coming up, <laughs> you know, coming up. We're going to add three new guys. So, But so far, what have you seen from some of the newer receivers that you'd be like, all right, people better keep out, keep an eye out for this name here this year. This guy going to make some plays for us. Um, I think I think a lot of guys came along actually, but um, Camden Brown like stood out to me. Um, he's a big body receiver, mm-hmm. uh, one of those type that go up and get it. Yeah. Um, Nick Martin, he was he was pretty good during the spring. He's long, um, has he has down like build up speed, but once yeah. he kick in, like he can get the rolling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. It's a lot of other guys. I can't think of them right off the top, but it's I'm very excited for the receiving group. Did you get a chance to cover uh, Rivaldo Fairweather at all? He's kind of become a, a guy that a lot of folks are excited about tight end. Um, I didn't cover Rivaldo as much. Yeah, he played tight end. I wasn't really on him much, like during sure. our one on ones and stuff. But from what I can see, he's he's gonna be a he's gonna be a good dude too. Yeah, who's the biggest smack talker you think on on as a receiver and on the DB group? Um, I think Jay Fell like the one. Jay Fell really pretty good at really? yeah. <laughs> he don't look like it, but he, he'll yap at you from now. Uh, who else? Um, we had Camden cool. on this show a few weeks ago, Jason. He was talking up about how good of a smack right. talker he was. He's talking about how he was doing the DBs in and how they was cheating and stuff and, and everything. Right. So, you know, he, he's yeah. a little smack talker now. I think they hold group they hold group pretty yappy, so. I can't wait to get Especially down there and watch some practice and all so. Yeah. Yeah, those early practices are going to be fun come August because, uh, you know, we just got the receiver as well that came over from uh, – from, uh, uh, was it Texas? North Texas. So, you got the yeah. receiver and the linebacker. And that receiver, he's yeah. huge. You know, he's strong as well. So uh, I look forward to this team, man. I I, I really think y'all going to have a really special year. I think y'all going to surprise a lot of people. Uh, you know, people just don't understand when you get the right people in the right place, you get continuity, what man. it can do for what it can do for a program. And, yeah. uh, you know, I'll be the first to say that, you know, last two years, it just wasn't what it needed to be. And uh, but I know we have the right pieces in place. I know you guys got a lot to look forward to, and you get Georgia and Bama at home this year. Is there any games on the on the schedule that you look forward to playing away from Auburn uh, this year? Um, I say the, the away from Auburn. Yeah, away from Auburn. Uh, LSU. I like yeah. playing at LSU. Uh, I like their fan base, like how they how they go about it, especially the night game. The night yeah. game in LSU the best in my opinion. They're crazy. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> you can get them all day to get wired up. You know, it's, it's, it's a crazy atmosphere. And I'm almost sure that game is probably gonna be a night game this year. Uh so that's your favorite night game. What's your favorite home game you look forward to this year then? The Iron Bowl, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's gonna be your senior day. Oh yeah. I'll yeah. be wrong if I said anything else. Yeah. Yeah, y'all was close the year before. It had them with the overtime. And then, you know, last he wouldn't mm-hmm. worry about. But y'all owe them one. I think oh, y'all yeah. on the, I think y'all on the ripes this year to beat Georgia and Bama at home. Say it here, Zach. I got them beating Georgia and so. Bama at home this year. That'd be huge. That'd be huge. That'd be huge. All right. 
Nehemiah, let's get to the little fun part. You know, NIL, you know, it's a it's a great part of student athletes now. Uh, you know, you guys get a chance to capitalize on your name, image, and likeness. Uh, you know, it's changed the landscapes of how everybody look at things nowadays. But talk about what NIL, you know, kind of means toward, means to you and, you know, how you've seen it work for you as a, as a player, but also some of your teammates. Um, I see NIL has helped me in a lot of different ways. Um, I feel like it's a opportunity to kind of take care of yourself and not only you, but your family also. Um, I feel like it's a blessing for most of us. And I think they made a good a good step when they made that come alive. And I would be remiss to probably say that having NIL probably helped your decision uh, just because, you know, a lot of guys, um, we talk about this in baseball all the time, Zach, like a guy can either go mm-hmm. to the minors and he can be stuck going from bus to bus to playing minor league games, or now he can have some NIL that helps him come back for another year. And he can better his craft to become a, a better draft pick the next season. It's similar in football where guys can make that decision to leave or they can make that decision to come back. You know, we had a guy, one or two that left this year, you know, that thought they were going to get drafted in a certain place. And I always tell them, I say, look, you never know what the NFL is going to look right. like or what, where they want you at. I was like, you can't try to figure that out on your own. And yeah. they weren't, you know, they didn't get drafted. And, you know, but Nehemiah is one of the guys that made the decision to come back because he feel like he can better himself. And I'm pretty sure NIL helped you make that decision because you're not coming back empty handed. You're able still to make something for yourself while you better your craft to get to the next level. All right. And just knowing that um, you're going to be taken care of, like when you come back, is that, that definitely helped my decision for sure. Yeah. So. You know, so like I said, Auburn family, Auburn fans, uh, anyone who just love Auburn, you know, we thank you for your support and all that you're doing and giving to our student athletes. It's stories like this that what helps guys make easier decisions to come back to Auburn and, and help us compete for championships. Uh, so your giving is not in, you know, they don't take it for granted. They appreciate it. And uh, we just ask you continue to support our NIL, continue to support these guys. Let's get into the fun five questions we have for you, man. Uh Kind of already asked you one of them about your favorite stadium, but that give me five different ones. So talk about the night before a game. I've always asked every athlete. We've had two guys on here already today has told us, and and one seems to be <laughs> seems to be the similar item. What's your go to meal tonight for a big game? Uh go to meal. I'll probably say some wings. That's all I eat. So wings, wings, wings would be okay for me. Where do you get them from? Uh, Wing Town. Okay. 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 Yeah. Not bad. Yeah, I don't have a crazy story like uh Roger McCray. Yeah. yeah. Baked beans and stuff. Yeah, I don't know how Roger eat baked beans and go out. I got his baked beans right here. <laughs> <laughs> Great timing. Great timing. <laughs> All right, and my who's one athlete that you looked up to, like growing up watching, you know, as admired, inspired you that you uh that you kind of want to tailor your game after? Uh, football wise, yeah, football wise, any, yeah. Um, I'd probably say Deion Sanders, prime time. Okay, um, just just the way he went about his game. Uh, seemed like he never, no one could ever just stop him from talking his smack. Like he just was a dialed in cornerback he never got beat many times so that's why he can go on shows and talk crazy how he do now 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you can back much, it up. It really hadn't changed much, honestly. <laughs> right, right. said, just went from the field to the coaching staff. Yeah, so, you know, overall, then, because I hear you wanted to answer that question too. Overall, who's your who's your guy? Um, overall, I'd probably say LeBron James. Okay, because uh, he, you can tell he he's very successful on the court, but you never hear nothing bad about him off the court as well. So, like, mm-hmm. he's never in the media. Getting bashed about nothing that he did wrong or something like that. So I'll probably say LeBron. So have you saw the new movie on Peacock? I haven't. Yeah, it's pretty good. I saw it last night. It's a pretty good movie. Pretty good movie. Uh next question. Night before a big game, playing against a big time receiver. Um, you know, offense could put up points. What what makes you nervous? Well, I wouldn't say nervous. What gives you butterflies the night before a big game? What concerns you the most as a DB? Um, a, rec- a receiving court that has a bunch of a bunch of dogs, and if like if we got somebody injured, that's that's a key player that's on like the D line or in the secondary. If we got somebody hurt and like. We have to bring up somebody that's not as experienced. But we know he can play, but he's just not experienced as the rest of the guys. So I'd probably say that. What's the number one receiver you look forward to facing this year? Um, I really don't have one, really. I'm just I'm ready to go for any, for all of them. Gotcha, gotcha. What's one word that describes you as a as an athlete? A dog. Dog. Yeah, you got to be a dog to be a DB, especially on the island by yourself. You want to be on the island or you want to be on the short side? Nah, I'll, I'll take the island. Yeah. Got it. What's your favorite place to eat at in Auburn? Sheila C's. Really? Hmm. Yep. Hmm. A burger joint. Okay. Okay. That's a good one. All right, then, man. Outside of football, last one. Outside of football, what's your go-to hobby? What you like to do? You're a hooper? You're a, you're a golfer? What's your go-to? I like to uh, ride ATVs. That's my thing. ATVs. Like, I'll take mud riding over anything. I, I love that. Yeah. Okay. You ride a can Yep. Yeah. yeah. I was just thinking about getting me a new one, actually. Yeah, let's wait till after the season. You should do it. <laughs> do it. I said, let's wait till after the season. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you heard it here first. Let's wait the after the season. So uh we make sure we got you healthy and whole every game. <laughs> oh yeah, I'll be I'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, y'all go y'all go uh go fishing or something right now. Just go fishing, go play some golf. But uh but yeah, but Nehemiah, man, we appreciate you coming on the show today, man. We really enjoyed it. Uh thanks for the insight and everything about the football program. Um, you know, I forgot to ask this question though. Like, as a whole team right now, what's the mindset? You know, heading into the summer, uh, to win, you can feel it. You can feel like when when y'all when you got the right guys in the building and when y'all are headed in one direction, we got that type of feeling. So Good you, deal. The vibe, it's a different vibe, man. You know, we just ready to put it on display. That's what's up. Well, you heard it here first, Auburn family. Uh, this team is locked and loaded, ready to play. I, I like what I hear about the cohesiveness. That seemed to be the same thing. Trey Donaldson just talked about it. 
with the um, basketball program. Then J.M. Butler just talked about it with the golf, you know, how those guys still get together and do things outside of uh, just mm-hmm. tournament play. So, you know, it seemed to be a consistent thing that's part of winning. So I, I just really expect you guys to have a great year and uh, look forward to you having a big all-SEC type year yourself. And, uh, you know, stay healthy, keep grinding, be a leader, and uh, stay strong and look forward to seeing you on the plane. War Eagle. Yes, sir. War Eagle. Appreciate you. Appreciate it. All right, Zach. I tell you what, man. Um, good stuff. Yeah, I, yeah, really good stuff. You know, I just sit here thinking like myself, like, man, these these guys that we had on today, they all seem to be hungry. You know, mm-hmm. you, you talk about JM talking about, I say, hey, man, how many days do you play golf after the season? Every day. You know, he says every day. You know, right. and that, that, that means consistency to him is very important. And that's why he's shooting 69, 68s on average. Uh, you talk right. about Trey Donaldson. The guy talked about, you don't really hear a lot of guys talk about their their down parts or the low parts of their season. You know, mm-hmm. he went into that. He said, look, I, I had some low parts of the season. And he talked about how he learned from it until he got to a point to feel comfortable to get to where he's at at this point in his career now and why he's looking forward to this next season. And then we get to Nehemiah. Nehemiah could have left last year. Right. You know, but he realized, like, man, I could probably come back another season. Why leave after a, a two leas- a two losing in a row, a two years in a row losing when I can come back another season under new staff? You know, better cohesiveness, not a lot of chatter in the offseason. You know, yes. it's more about ball now and then about everything else that's going on. It's taken away from the kids. Now you can stay locked and loaded on what you need to stay locked and loaded on. And to him talking about taking that next step to be a leader this year, you know, being more vocal, you know, you Mm -hmm. need that. As a DB, you got to be able to talk and holler out stuff to each other on the field to make sure that everyone's in the same coverage. You don't want to bust the coverage because you didn't communicate. And uh, so that is huge that he's accepting that role, which is going to make them better as a secondary. And I do agree with you. I do think Kyan Lee – it's going to be an X factor this year, some form of fashion, because even as a freshman coming in. Yeah, I mean, his his footwork as an 18-year-old is impeccable. I mean, I haven't seen anything like it. But <laughs> but yeah, you're, you're right, though. I mean, as far as just the mindset of it, and 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 I, I don't know if it was you or Nehemiah that said it, but like it certainly feels like everybody's kind of in the right place. Like it feels uh-huh. different, and we haven't really had that feeling in a few years here in the Auburn football program. So pretty cool that um, everybody that we talk to uh, seems positive about it. And I, I think that's just kind of what happens when you hire the right guy. And it certainly seems mm-hmm. like Q freeze has been um, undoubtedly the, the right guy so far. Well, he's hired, he hired the right guy for our conference too. You know, mm-hmm. this is someone that's been in our conference is someone that, knows how to recruit first and foremost. Like I tell right. people, you're not winning if you don't have players. And you got to get out there and recruit with the best of them. And that's where it starts at. And he understands if he's going to win at Auburn, he better have the players. And mm-hmm. he's getting out there and he's recruiting his staff from Carnell to Zach to all these guys are recruiting their butts off, man. And uh, and it takes a whole team, a whole unit. Yes, Coach Freeze to get a lot of credit for it. But it's that whole group, though, that's, uh, that's busting their tails recruiting. Because I heard this – about two months ago, someone that lives in the Birmingham area told yeah. me, they said, 
man, over the last two years, no kids in our school or in our football program talks about Auburn. This is in the state of Alabama. Talks about Auburn. It all talks about other schools because we fell so far behind in recruiting. And then our program was on a downward spiral because of all the negativity that was going on. And that we wasn't even, if you said it, mentioned to a kid about, hey, man, you want to consider Auburn? They were like, no, nah, man. Like, but now they say within a matter of a couple of months, yeah, a lot of their kids don't do nothing but talk about Auburn now. Talk yeah, about they're probably like actually like building a relationship with recruits. I mean, imagine that, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, high school coaches just, build a relationship with high school coaches. That's going to yeah, I mean, send you some of these recruits. This is the lack of effort. Um, was pretty astounding, but I think we're good yeah. now. I think yeah, we're, good, we're good. Don't want to yeah. you know talk about bad sauce, but you know, I just want people to know, like, hey, we're heading in the right direction. If you're That's questioning right. it, you don't need to question it because you just heard it from Nehemiah Pritchett about how things are totally different and how close yeah. this team is. So that'll do it for us on the Own to Victory podcast today. Uh, thanks for everybody for uh, uh, tuning in, listening. Uh, like I said, you probably, Zach Blackbeard probably put it out on his, uh, where can they find you on, uh, I know on Twitter, they can find you at Z Blackberry. Where can they find yeah, you? Yeah, Z Blackberry. Yep, yep. And yeah. then uh, Locked On Auburn available uh, wherever you get your podcast and uh, on YouTube. Have I been saying Blackberry all day? And it's Blackberry. It's okay. I get it all the time. I get it all the time. <laughs> I was like, when, I, when, I, when my wife and I were getting married, I'm like, you're about to be called Blackberry all the hey, time. I did not see the B right before the Y because on my sweet. page I see it real small. I can't even. Yeah. So I'm seeing Zach. And I've been saying Blackberry the whole day. No, it's, it's not a big deal, man. <laughs> it's Black. Blackerby. Blackerby. Yeah. Blackerby. It's okay. That's it. Zach Blackerby would not mess it up again. You heard it here. It's not a big deal. Hey, (laughs) somebody go go you this year and say, hey, Blackberry. (laughs) I answer to that. It's fine. (laughs) Hey, but that does it for us on the podcast show to hear today. Uh, Worry, go everybody. See you next episode.